This is Spade, Spoon, Soul, a podcast all about food and faith and all the great things in God's creation. And we're going to be doing something a little differently uh, over the next uh, few days. I'm at It's All About Love, a festival for the Jesus Movement in Baltimore. And I'm joined um, with Jerusalem Greer. Um, she'll be here as well. And hopefully I will nap her. I'm Brian Sellers-Peterson, forgot to say that. And the third um, wheel, um, she's, I think she's, I think Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs is out on sabbatical. Um, so Jerusalem and I might be able to do this, I'm hoping, more than a few times um, over the next few days. But today I am joined by my dear friend, Stephanie Johnson, who has so many hats, uh, I can't keep track of all of them. Um, she's the rector of St. Paul's in Riverside, Connecticut. Riverside, Connecticut. And she chairs the task force on care of creation, environmental racism for general convention. And uh, she does a lot of awesome things um, around the care of creation. So, Stephanie, so glad to have you on Triple S. Um, and uh, just talk a little bit about some of your ministry, particularly uh, related to your work with the task force. Because I think in the fall, sometime I'm going to get Stephanie back with Jennifer, and we'll do one about your parish in, in Connecticut. But let's talk a little bit today about kind of the cool stuff going on with the task force. Thanks, Brian. Uh, yeah, we, we have a great garden in Riverside, and certainly the harvest has started to come in already. It's July, so excited about that. Um, so Brian and I were chatting, and um, Brian's been on the task force with me um, for three years. Three years. Yeah. Uh, so we had we had some good times there doing some, some work. And um, in about 2016, we started to um, develop the small grants program. And that was our first time doing grants around the church. And at that point, we got a tremendous amount of grants for congregational gardens. People were thinking about it. People were wondering about it. And there was real interest. And over the course of those early years of the grant program, um, we got, we continued to receive um, wonderful applications from folks who were doing mostly congregational gardening um, within the context of their, of their church land, um, growing food, healthy, wonderful food for local food pantries. Um, and then for a couple of years, there was a gap in, in, in grant applications for many congregational gardens. Um, there seemed to be a big focus on tree planting uh, the past two oh, rounds. Do you think that was because of the Lambeth conference? Maybe, um, but there was something big going on. And we we saw, uh, we do maybe two rounds a year of grants and there was real interest in tree planting. And um, we, we funded urban trees, urban forests, um, and a lot of pro a program with middle school groups. So there were tree plantings programs. Um, but this past round, which we've just closed out and awarded 12 grants uh, last month, um, we had 60 applications. And in this particular round, again, we returned to congregational gardening um, in a big way. A lot of applications, people were doing congregational gardening. And um, we were able to uh, award one to uh, Central Diocese of Central New York for uh, a program on gardening and pollinators for uh, incarcerated youth amazing program you know just really just a rate amazing ministry care of the land and relationship building with young people uh remarkable 
remarkable ministry in central New York. So I think one of the things that um, I've been mulling over, and I think we might have noticed in this process, is that um, in the past years, congregational gardens have sort of expanded into relationship. Um, people are inviting their community. They're looking around and seeing who's in their community. Who should we be working with? Who should we be sharing this ministry with? Um, and so those, those really wonderful gardens in 2016 applications are still thriving, but these new ones, these new visionaries about who, who are our neighbors and how can we as neighbors share, share this land and till it together and learn and grow. And so it's, um, it's a thriving ministry across the church uh, and uh, exciting to have read 60 applications. Again, a lot of them were about congregational gardens that were relationship and I think, I believe, they've got to check a box to say that they're a good news garden in order to get the grant, right? <laughs> Shameless point for good news gardens. Well, I, you know, I think, I do think, you know, I, Brian, there's something to be said because uh, being on Facebook, having those signs up makes us connected. And I do believe that good news gardens is raising the awareness that there are other folks doing it. And it's a tremendous resource. And so part of the applications coming in are also people who are like, oh, we're not alone. Let's be creative. You know, there are other folks doing this sort of ministry. This is really exciting. Um, and so I do think there's been a shift from the Good News Gardens. I do believe that in the past three years, probably we've seen an increase partially because of Good News Gardens really, really exploding. And we have our Good News Gardens sign in our, in our congregation. Well, in my congregation in the east slope of the Cascade Mountains in Roslyn, Washington got a grant, um, Roslyn, uh, Resurrection Parish, shameless plug, um, but uh, we got a grant and we're a good news garden. Right. And, um, you know, and I've been excited because, you know, there's the Washington Outdoor School, which is a preschool that's all done outdoors. Both my grandkids um, go to it and, um, you know, they they come to the garden right and um and they're part of our congregation in a really thrilling way because most of the kids come from families that aren't engaged in the church whatsoever but right. they're engaged in that good news garden yeah. Um, yeah and i and i do think during covid i mean gardening was one of the things you could do right it was a way you could be in community without without being inside it was a way you could share you could build relations you could dig the dirt you could see the future as soon as you plant something in the ground there's future right even if you're not there to harvest it right uh, Wendell Berry has a wonderful phrase phrase about that you know plant sequoias even if you don't see the harvest from them um, but there's something really beautiful about plants um, and I think COVID might have just really encouraged folks to reimagine their relationship to the land and the possibilities and the, that there, there was hope in the land. So uh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. So as we start marching towards general convention, is that next year in Louisville? It, it is next year indeed. Can you believe it? It's yeah, already, yeah, but it's, it's and here we are in Baltimore having all the fun. And that we're we having the fun, but we'll have some more fun in Louisville. But what are your priorities of the task force um, as you get ready to write your blue book right. report. That's insider baseball. <laughs> we are we are actually uh, starting the outline. We have a very short 
non-triennium because we're a year late in getting up and running for all the task forces. And so biennium? So it's biennium. It's a two-year program, and we're doing all of our work. We're looking, you know, we're looking to expand the grant program. You know, every year we're turning down programs that have such meaning both locally and regionally and around the church. Um, and there's just there's just so much going on across the Episcopal Church and care creation and environmental racism, eco-justice projects, um, bringing in youth, bringing in children, gardening. Uh, it's just, it's, it's explosive. 60 applications, it's remarkable for one round. Um, we awarded 12. Mm. Uh, so we really- A lot of disappointed people out yeah, there. So we really hope the general convention will seriously consider um, upping the funding because this this is the current church and it is it is the way of the church it's one of the pillars creation care climate justice um and it's it's critically important um for the church to stand by and and to continue to stand by i've i've heard that we may be one of the only denominations that actually does this robust grant program um that we're able to leverage the funding to 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 care for god's creation and to address environmental inequality and um and all of these things we're also talking about environmental reparations um and oh boy hey note to self note to the rest of the triple s team we're gonna have to do a podcast on reparations right uh so um we really believe environmental reparations is a conversation that the episcopal church really should be having and we believe next general convention will be the opportunity to have. So, that. do you think we should be doing some rewilding? Rewilding. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Another subject. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that you know, we we have been living in in times that are unexpected with climate change. We've been living in times when. Um, the world is changing faster than we can imagine. The news this week alone right here that we've just received is that this is one of the hottest months on record. Um, and so when we start talking about climate and our response to it, what is the church's voice? We're gonna be the strong, continue to be the strong moral leader that we have been. Um, I know we will, but can we stake the claim in, in the future um, with a vision? So it seems to me that the church is poised to continue the work that we've been doing. This has been really great and so glad I could grab you for a few minutes. And I look forward to I look forward to a much longer conversation about um, what you're doing at St. Paul's in Connecticut. And, and environmental reparations. And environmental and reparations. reparations. And, uh, it's important about the land. Uh, you know, we try land. to keep our podcasts, you know, under 45 minutes, but I think is it. Next time we're together, probably be more like an hour and 45 minutes because we're just touching the tip uh, of the iceberg. Well, um, so from Baltimore, it's uh, Brian Sellers Peterson from Triple S, along with my friend Stephanie Johnson. And uh, uh, that's it for today. We're, we've got to go register uh, for the convention. So we're going to sign off. Take care, everyone. Bye. Is that 10 minutes?